Welcome to Bounce Back Stronger, the podcast that focuses on how to get to the other side of difficulty and thrive as a result. Today, we're diving deep into the science of resilience. And it may be helpful to define the term. What is resilience? The power to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, also known as toughness or grit. But maybe today you are in the midst of something big and dark, and resilience is way more than aspirational. It isn't even a word you can conceive. You are worried about making it through today. And I've been there, and I am a skeptic, and typically reject things before I accept them. Because of this, I find science and facts are so helpful to turn resistance into acceptance. So we are going to look at the scientific research of Dr. Stephen Southwick, who was a renowned expert in the field of psychology and neuroscience from Yale. He actually died last year. He also worked at the National Center for PTSD of the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs and was focused primarily on the capacity of people for resilience after traumatization. His life work sheds light on how our brains can not only adapt to difficulty, but can also heal. Where does his research begin? With neuroplasticity. This term refers to the brain's remarkable ability to adapt and reorganize itself. When we face adversity or trauma, our brains can form new neural connections and pathways, enabling us to learn, grow, and ultimately recover. Whenever I hear of this idea of neural connections, I always think of that Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Sorry, I'm a Trekkie. When the artificial intelligence being named Data lost one of his closest friends. And although he couldn't actually feel anything, he described losing the person as having a well-worn path in his brain that is no longer accessible. And he sorely missed having that routine in his processing completed. Maybe not how we think about loss, but it might be helpful to look at it that way. When our relationships are disrupted by loss, our brains are knocked off their usual track. But similar to a computer, Dr. Southwick found that our brains can rewire themselves. They are not fixed forever. We're not stuck here. We can develop new pathways to help us cope. Southwick also studied how the brain responds to stress. When we face adversity, the brain's stress response system, including releasing stress hormones like cortisol, is activated. This puts us in more of a fight, flight, freeze, or fawn state. Now you might be familiar with fight, flight, or freeze, but fawn may be new. Fawn is when we overfunction. We try to make it better for everyone else but us. When my dad died when I was 25, I was the youngest in my family and very close to him and not at all close to my mother. Did I take time to grieve? Nope. I sat with my mom every night as she cried and eventually moved back home because I didn't want her to be alone. I went on autopilot with my own grief, and this eventually led to some unwise life decisions. Resilient individuals tend to have a more informed and balanced stress response, which allows them to manage stress more effectively. Resilient individuals also have better emotional regulation skills, which means they manage and control their emotions when faced with challenges. In other words, they are way more aware of what is happening and how they are feeling and able to take the steps and get the help they need to move forward. 
So how can we build more brain resiliency? Southwick provides some valuable suggestions. First, he emphasizes the importance of cognitive flexibility. This refers to our ability to adapt our thinking and problem-solving skills when facing adversity. By training our brains to be more aware and flexible in their thinking, we can find alternative solutions and perspectives during challenging times. Mindfulness and meditation can also play a significant role in building this flexibility. Southwick found that these practices benefit the brain by helping to promote relaxation, reducing stress, and enhancing emotional regulation. More about that later. Another key factor Southwick points out is the importance of social connections. Building and nurturing a support system can release oxytocin, which fosters trust and bonding. This has a positive impact on the brain and an individual's ability to cope with stress. This is why finding a community of others going through the same struggle can be so helpful. We all feel less alone learning from others on the same path. Southwick also suggests that individuals who go through adversity can emerge stronger and with a deeper sense of purpose. One of his favorite researchers on this subject, Viktor Frankl, is one of the best examples of this. Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychiatrist who survived four Nazi prisoner camps only to discover upon escape that he'd lost his entire family in them. How did he survive this? By finding meaning to his life. He wanted to publish a manuscript the Nazis stole from him upon entry to the camp. He believed this to be his life work, and this core belief helped him sustain himself through the camps. Later, after publishing over 30 books, he said the true meaning of his life was to help others find the meaning of theirs. Finding purpose, like Frankel did, is a key way to overcome difficulty. It allows us to step away from our losses and reframe them. I found this myself. Writing, speaking, and leading workshops and treats about overcoming loss have been so rewarding to me. I had no idea that this was going to be something that would come out of my first book. If one person gets one small bit of wisdom from what I've experienced, then my losses feel easier to bear. This is possible because the brain can adapt and reframe experiences contributing to personal development. So how can we apply the brain science we've learned today in our own lives? There are three key ways to boost your resilience. First, cultivate mindfulness and self-care. Start incorporating mindfulness and self-care practices into your daily routine if you're not already doing it. Whether meditating, journaling, or simply taking moments to breathe and be present, these practices can help you build resilience. And it doesn't always happen immediately, right? It's a daily practice. And we'll talk more about that in our next episode. Actively nurture your social connections and seek out supportive communities. Share your experiences and challenges with others and offer your support in return. Why is this important? Social support is a powerful factor in resilience. Building and maintaining strong relationships can provide a safety net during difficult times and will boost your resilience. The final way to put some of Southwick's ideas into action is lifelong learning and self-improvement. Embrace a growth mindset and a commitment to lifelong learning. Continuously challenge yourself and set goals and learn from both successes and setbacks. Why? Resilience involves adaptability and growth. By actively pursuing self-improvement, you can build the skills and mindset needed to overcome adversity and thrive. 
I hope discussing the science of resilience has been helpful to you. Please remember your brain is a powerful tool and with the right knowledge and practices, you can and will bounce back stronger from life's challenges. That's all for today's episode. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to this podcast and review it on your podcast platform and share the episode link with your friends through email, text, or on social media. This is the best way others will benefit from the Bounce Back Stronger podcast. Thank you all for listening. And in case my kids, Sienna and Sylvia are listening, remember, you are amazing. You can do anything. Love you so much. Bye now.